Shalom. Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom everyone, and this is Brother Gideon Levitam, and we are so blessed to be able to uh, look into the Word of God, especially to come to the final uh, feasts called the uh, Feast of Tabernacles, or as it is called in Hebrew, Chag Sukkot, which is found in the 23rd chapter of the book of Leviticus. As we mentioned before, the name in Hebrew is Vayikra. It is where God called uh, Moses, called Aaron, called the people of Israel out of the tabernacle to give Israel his law and his instruction uh, concerning the way whereby Israel will live their lives. But it's so beautiful, beloved friends, because when God had chosen Israel as a nation, God called Israel to be Or Lagoim, a light to the nations of the world. Now, obviously, Israel hasn't yet came into that which God have called the nation to be, a light uh, to the nations, Or Lagoim, but it will come. It will soon come. When God will restore his people Israel, his earthly people Israel, and he will bring them into that place of blessing, and through the nation of Israel, they will flow blessing to the rest of the nations of the world. And there will be this joy, this wonderful era, the messianic kingdom, a thousand years reign of the Mashiach, of the Messiah, where there will be shalom and peace in this world. Don't you look, don't you look forward for that day? We are always speaking about shalom and peace here in this world, and yet there is conflict and wars and problems on every hand. And we are all looking for that wonderful day. But because God is the creator, and because he set forth things in order in his own program and plan, it has to be fulfilled just the same way as he planned it. Not as man planned it, not as you or I would like even to see it, but it's going to happen exactly in accordance with his word, with the word of God, with the Bible. God's word is true, and he will bring to pass everything which he had promised. Today we live in the church ecclesia age, the kehilah. Wonderful to be today a believer in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, Jewish and Gentiles united together in the body of Mashiach, the body of Christ. But the church is a heavenly company. The days of the assembly, the days of the kehilah, the days of the ecclesia will come to an end, and God will take his heavenly bride, the bride of Messiah, the bride of Christ, to heaven. And then he will begin his direct restoration 
and dealing with Israel and with the rest of the world. And we long for that. And so in our study, as we study the book of Leviticus chapter 23, we are studying the seven feasts of the Lord. Shivat Moadei Adonai. Every one of these feasts is connect number one with the nation of Israel because it was given it to Israel. It's connect here and now with this world, with this earth, because God had given it to his earthly people. But it is also, beloved friend, connected with a single person who is the Messiah, the Mashiach, the one that came from heaven, the one that came down to this world to become the Savior of sinners. He came the first time. He died and he was buried and he rose again and he went back to heaven. He's going to come the second time and he's going to rule and reign and establish this wonderful kingdom and blessing to this world. We long for that day. Well, we are finding ourselves in these, uh, as we uh, look at the chart that we have been looking over for quite a, a while and we could see the seven feasts found in Leviticus chapter 23. Passover, unleavened bread, first fruit, weeks or Pentecost. That was in the spring. Then we saw that there was three and a half to four months of break in between. And then the fall feasts, which is in the seventh month of the Hebrew calendar. We have the Feast of Trumpet, the Day of Atonement. And today we're going to look at the Feast of Tabernacles. In Hebrew, we call it Sukkot, the Feast of Booth, because the children of Israel were called to live in Booth and to remember the faithfulness of God, how he brought Israel out of the land of Egypt and brought them into the promised land. And every year, on the 15th day of the month of Tishrei, in the fall season, where all the people of the world enter into their homes, our Jewish people go out of the house to dwell in Sukkot, in tabernacles, in booths, and there to look above and to remember the faithfulness of God, to sing and rejoice, to celebrate because God is faithful to his people Israel throughout the ages. And this seventh feast of Jehovah was given to Israel, pointing them to the future kingdom that will come in a very soon days, hopefully as soon as possible. And so, beloved friends, we looked at those seven feasts. And today I would like to share with you the seventh feast that is found in the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, and verses 33 to 44. This is really the last verses of the 23rd chapter of the book of Vayikra. And this, uh, this portion, verses uh, 33 to 44, speaks to us and presents before us the seventh and final Moed that was given to the people of Israel. I would like to read some verses there, and so uh, please listen to these verses, very interesting verses. 
And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the feast of tabernacles, Chag Sukkot, for seven days unto the Lord. On the first day shall be a holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. Seven days shall ye offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. On the eighth day shall be a holy convocation unto you, and ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, for it is a solemn assembly, and ye shall do no servile work therein. Then verse 37 and 38, he reminded, God reminded Israel again that these are his feasts. It is, it, they are his appointed seasons. Really, it's not even theirs. He, he brought Israel to enjoy these feasts with him. But actually, beloved friend, beloved brothers and sisters, beloved one, these are his, the Lord's feasts. It is, these feasts are an appointed seasons in which he has a plan and a program for all humanity. For Israel and the nations of the world. And so in verses 37 and 38 of Leviticus chapter 23, we read, These are the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be a holy convocation, to offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering and a meal offering, a sacrifice and drink offering, everything upon his day, beside the Shabbat of the Lord, and beside your gifts, and beside all your vows, and beside all your free will offering, which ye give unto the Lord. Now he's going back in verse 39 to speak once again about the seventh feast called Chag Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacle, the final feast. And look what he's saying to Israel. He's, he's doubling up, as it were. He says to them in verse 39, Also, he continues, Also, in the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when ye have gathered in the fruit of the land, ye shall keep a feast unto the Lord for seven days. On the first day shall be a Shabbat, and on the eighth day shall be a Shabbat. And ye shall take you on the first day the bow of goodly trees, branches of palm trees, and the bows of thick trees, and willows of the brook. And ye shall rejoice. Vesamachtem in Hebrew. Vesamachtem, ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days, and ye shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generation. Ye shall celebrate in the seventh month. Ye shall dwell in booth. Seven days, all that are Israeli born shall dwell in both. That your generation may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in both when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And notice what it says, the last verse of Leviticus chapter 23. And Moshe 
declared unto the children of Israel. And look at the last statement here in Leviticus 23 and verse 44, the feasts of the Lord. Moadei Adonai. And so, beloved friends, here we are. We have already covered the spring feasts. Pesach, Matzot, a, a, a first fruits, and the feast of a, a Pentecost. Those first four feasts are gone historically because each one of them spoke about the person of the Messiah at his first coming. He is the Pesach. He died. He is the unleavened bread. He is sinless. He is the first fruit. He rose on the third day. And he is the one that established the new covenant in his blood. When he died, he made a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And now while Israel and Judah is not yet entering into the blessing of this covenant, he is now built the body of Messiah. At the, at the time of Pentecost, 50 days after his resurrection, the church was born, the assembly was born. And here we are today, still living in the days of the assembly, the ecclesia, the church. Soon it comes to an end. According to the New Covenant, New Testament, we live in the Laodicean age, in the last church in church history, in assembly history. Soon we are going to be taken out to glory. And the Lord is going to begin his direct dealing with the people of Israel. We have already looked at the fact that the Feast of Trumpet, Zikaron Troah, spoke about Israel's physical restoration to the land of Israel, which have already begun. And you can see that the state of Israel, the nation of Israel, is living now in the land, not yet restored spiritually, but Half, almost, we can say, of the Jewish population in the world are already in the land of Israel. The portion of the land is not that which God yet had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but that's going to happen when Israel is spiritually restored. And that's why we talked about Yom HaKippurim in our previous session, because Yom HaKippurim, the Day of Atonement, speak about the national regeneration, the national redemption of Israel, when all the Jewish people worldwide will come to the time in which they will repent. And as we read in the prophet Zechariah, they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and Israel will finally be a restored nation. But now notice that. When we finally have arrived to the final feast called the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Booths, or the Feast of Sukkot in Hebrew, we can see that things are completely changing. From sorrow, things have changed into joy. From weeping of the experience of the tribulation days, which is represented in the feast of uh, in the day of atonement, where God will allow our people and the whole world to experience the tribulation days, Jacob's trouble, and Jacob will be delivered out of it, and Jacob Israel will enter into this joyful celebration 
of the messianic kingdom. And so in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 33 to 44, I would like just to highlight a few things that are very, very, very important. You notice that the date, of course, in verse 34, speak unto the children of Israel, saying the 15th day of the seventh month. If you remember, Pesach was on the 14th day of the first month. Now we read the 15th day of the seventh month. Passover was at spring, and now we are speaking about the fall. Passover spoke about the first coming of the Mashiach who became the lamb, the Passover lamb. And here we learn about the fall season, which represented the Messiah's coming to reign and to rule in a kingdom that he had promised to his people Israel. And so in the seventh month, and notice the name of this feast, it's called, it should be a feast of tabernacles. It is interesting because the word here for feast, it's not the Hebrew word moed, but it is the Hebrew word chag. Moed is an appointed season, yes. These are the, the feast of the Lord, the moadei Adonai. This is the right time and the right season and the right plan of God, but it is much more than just an appointed season when it's come to the date. It speaks about celebration. The Hebrew word for chag, for the word feast, is really a celebration. The Jewish people throughout the ages, when the Lord have delivered them and have helped our forefathers throughout the history, what a celebration it was for us to rejoice over the faithfulness of our God. For those of us who are believers in the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah today, what a joy we have in our heart. As Shaul Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We have a reason to rejoice because our sins are forgiven. We have been, we are saved, we are forgiven. And here it looked to the future day when not only individual Jews and Gentiles will be saved and be part of the church, but here specifically in connection with the nation of Israel and the nations of the world, they will come to a time of rejoicing. And that's why in this verse it says the Feast of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacle, Chag Sukkot. Notice what it says here in the next uh, uh, verses here in verse 36. It says that the blood still have to be shed because Israel had to offer sacrifices. Again, beloved friends, listen, this is a principle that is taught throughout the scripture. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And if there is no forgiveness, there is no joy. There is no blessing. Why? Because God is holy. And man is a sinner. God cannot brush underneath the carpet sin. Sin has to be judged in your life and in my life. Do you think that a holy God could be in the presence of sinful people? That's why we need our sins to be atoned, to be removed. That's exactly what Yeshua, the Messiah, have done at his first coming for us today. On the very same basis of the work of the Mashiach Yeshua, Israel in the future will enter into the Messianic kingdom. So you shall offer another seven days, not one day, 
It is a seven-day feast plus one, eight days, and every day sacrifices had to be offered. Seven days shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And on the eighth day shall be a holy convocation unto you. Ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. It is the solemn assembly. Amazing. In Hebrew, we know that this eighth day will become the Shminit Atzeret. It is a time in which Israel is rejoicing. It's a solemn assembly. The nation will gather together historically. And still happen today as our people keep the Feast of Booths, the Feast of uh, uh, Tabernacles, not yet aware of the fact that he prophetically speaks about the future regeneration of the nation and the establishment of the Messianic Kingdom. Still, there is that uh, a thankfulness for the Torah, thankfulness for the Word of God, a thankfulness for the blessing that God had given to the people of Israel. And that is indeed the attitude that one ought to have in every age, in every time. And so we read in the next verse, verse 37 and 38, God reminding the people of Israel that these are his feasts. These are the feasts of the Lord which ye shall proclaim to be a holy convocation. Again and again throughout the whole 23rd chapter, a beloved friend, God remind Israel that these are his feasts, including the final feast that is called the Feast of Tabernacle. As we move along, it is a long portion of scripture, Israel was to rejoice in God's provision. And that's why in verses 39, 40, and 41, Israel was going to collect these four species uh, of the Sukkot, of the Feast of Sukkot, the goodly trees, the palm trees, the thick trees, and the willows of the brook. It's mentioned here in verse uh, 39 and verse uh, 40. In Hebrew, we call it the Etrog, the Lulav, the Hadas, and the Arava. Prihadar, Kapot Tmarim, Anaf Alei Avot, and Aravei Nachal. Niza, the fruit that Israel to gather and to rejoice before the Lord, to present it before the Lord of all that which he had provided for our forefathers over the uh, generations. But I want you to notice, my dear friends, also here, that in these very same verses, verse 40, and also verse, uh, uh, actually verse 39, verse 40, and verse 41, three times, the Lord required from Israel to celebrate and to rejoice. Why? Because God wants his people to rejoice over him. God wants the whole world to rejoice over him. God wants all of us today to have joy in him, because he's our joy. Nehemiah said to our people Israel, in the book of Nehemiah, we read that the joy of the Lord is our strength. He reminded our forefathers 
who came back from Babel, that the joy of the Lord is their strength. And you see, that is the ultimate desire of God. This is where sometimes it's rather sad where men neglect to turn his heart or her heart to God because joy cannot be found anywhere else except in the God of Israel, in the God of the universe, in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and in his anointed one, the Mashiach, in his son who came from glory in order to provide redemption for humanity. Notice, and I'm reading, it says here in verse uh, 39, Ye shall keep a rejoicing, a, a feast. It's the Hebrew word, tachgegu. Ye shall uh, uh, keep a hug, a feast unto the Lord for seven days. The feast of tabernacle is a time of rejoicing and singing and celebration and praising God, thanking Him for the Torah, for the law, for His word. Thanking Him for His provision. Notice he continues in verse 40. After Israel was to collect the goodly trees, the palm trees, the thick trees, the willows of the brook, and so on, he says, Ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. It's like a command. <laughs> but a command that is out of the love, out of the heart of God, in love for his people Israel. You should rejoice, he's saying to his people. And he's saying to you and I today, we should rejoice as we turn to him. Because to find joy in our life, it can only be found in him. Notice verse 41. And you shall keep a feast unto the Lord for seven days in the year. It shall be a statue forever. Israel, Israel, you are to keep the feast of tabernacle, Sukkot, forever in your generation. And again, notice once again, Ye shall celebrate in the seventh month. What is God trying to say to Israel? What is he saying? You see, throughout these seven feasts, God gave a message to his people. You have to celebrate eventually. The aim behind the a feast that I'm giving to you is to lead you into a time in which you can rejoice. And rejoice in me, God said. Because after all, because men have sinned, and because God is holy, God had to restore man to himself. Humanity have gone astray. The world... Look around us today, my dear friend, the whole world has gone away from the Lord. We all were part of it. We are part of this. Yet God opened our eyes and our hearts to see the Mashiach, the Messiah. He opened the scripture before us to see that we need a Redeemer, one to pay, to become a, to pay our, for our sins, to become a substitute. And that's why Atonement had to be made. And the Mashiach has come to provide redemption. And so here we read 
that God designed from Israel to have this joy in their midst. Notice three times. Tachugu. Samachtem. And he continued the Tachugu. He said, you will celebrate. You will be rejoicing. You will celebrate Israel. You need to do so because that is the object of my heart is to provide for you joy and blessing. And that is what God is intending, beloved friend, not only for Israel, but for the whole world. That's the reason why the seven feasts of the Lord were given to Israel in order to point to the coming future that one day there will be a final redemption for the whole world when the Messiah will be accepted eventually at his second coming. Now notice one more important thing that he said to Israel in verse 42 of Leviticus chapter 23, verse 42, and actually verse 43, the Lord is saying to Israel that they are to dwell in Sukkot, in booths. In tabernacle, it says, And ye shall dwell in booth for seven days. All ye that are Israeli born shall dwell in booth. Why? Why should they dwell in booth? What is a sukkah? What is a booth? What is a tabernacle? It's a flimsy structure that is being built today as it was built in days of old, made out of, you might say, pieces of wood connected together. It's not a firm, you might say, not a permanent structure. It's a structure that is just being built for the season, for the Sukkot feast. And the Jewish people in a fall season, on the 15th day of the month of Tishrei, coming out of their home, sitting in the Sukkah, in the booth. It has some branches on the top as a roof, but it must be sure that these branches are not covering everything completely because in the evening when they look, they see the stars. In the days when we look, we see the sun. And we are looking and we see the sky and we recognize this is our God, our creator, our provider. He gave us the sun by day and the moon and the stars by night. This is our God. This is our creator God who loved us. And so God instructed our people of all to be sitting in booth for seven days. And you notice what he tells them in the last, in verse 43 and verse 44, in the last verse of Leviticus chapter 23, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths, in Sukkot, when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. Now you see, God never wanted his people, Israel, to forget his faithfulness to them. He never wanted that anyone will forget what he had done for humanity, for mankind. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 we read, And he says, All the commandments which I commanded thee this day ye shall observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. God said to Israel before Israel entered into the promised land. And thou shalt remember 
all the way which the Lord thy God had led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to, to know what was in thine heart. Whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or not, well, apparently they didn't. Like you and I don't, many times. And so he read, and he humbled thee, and he suffered thee to hunger, and he fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither didst thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread only. Lo al halechem levado yichye adam. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord, does man live. Thy raiment works not, old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Amazing. How gracious God have been to our forefathers. So when we sit in a sukkah, when we sit in a booth, it reminds us of the faithfulness of God. And as we look out of the, of the uh, uh, branches that are situated there upon the top of the sukkah of the booth, we look at the Creator God. And we are thankful to Him. For all his provision, and we rejoice, and we sing, and we praise him. The sukkah is a structure that being decorated with various fruits inside. The Jewish family, our family, sit there and enjoy this time. It is tremendous for the children, for the adult, and the song is being sung to the God of Israel. And you see, beloved friends, that is what gives so much joy to the heart of God to see his people rejoicing. But you see, my dear friend, and this is what I would like to point as we are leading towards the end of this uh, message of the, uh, the Feast of Tabernacle, the final feast that God gave to our forefathers uh, some 3,500 years ago. Look what it points to. See, the Feast of Tabernacle is a, a, is a feast that speaks about the future kingdom that will be established in the days of the return of Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. He is going to return. He is going to come again and he is going to establish a kingdom because that what is the plan of God according to the scripture. That's what God is planning. Listen to this. What Isaiah said in chapter 2. And I'm just going to read a few verses in the beginning. The word of Isaiah, the son of Amoz, that he saw concerning Judah and Yerushalayim. And it shall come to pass in the last days. The last feast is the Feast of Tabernacle. That the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, we read here in verse 2, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow in unto it. Imagine, this is the day that is yet awaiting, that all the nations of the world will flow to the city of Jerusalem. And many people shall go and say, Come. Come ye and let us go up into the mountain of the Lord, and to the house of the God of Jacob. 
and he will teach us of his ways, and we shall walk in his path. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Yerushalayim. Now when did this ever happen as yet? Sadly, today, the opposite is happening. Many nations want to destroy Yerushalayim. Many nations want to take away Yerushalayim from the people of Israel. But the Bible says that God had given this land to the people of Israel. And through them, he will dispense blessing to the world. But it's something that speaks about the future day of the last days. Notice what it says here. It says here, again, I'm repeating verse 3, Many people shall go and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his path, for out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Yerushalayim. He continued, And he shall judge among the people, and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hook. Nations shall not lift up a, a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. Isn't that amazing? Today we live in, in a world that is filled with conflict. Wars here and wars there, rumors of wars constantly existing in a world in which we live in today. But Isaiah, by the word of the Lord, have promised a, a day coming where there will be no more war, my dear friend. Shalom. Shalom among the nations. True shalom. Shalom that come from God. The peace that come from God himself. In the last days, the last feast, the feast of booth, it represents the kingdom, the messianic kingdom. And notice the appeal to Israel. It says, O house of Jacob, come and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Look what it says in the book of Psalms. And you know, this is so also very interesting because in Psalm 2, as the psalmist of Israel, David, David, he was speaking, and notice what it says in chapter 2, the second psalm, verse 9. He's speaking about the Messiah at his second coming. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. This is the enemies of God. He continued and said, Be wise, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with Fear and rejoice with trembling. Hear the joy that God is appealing to the world. Kiss the son, Nashkubar, lest he be angry, and he shall perish from the way. When his wrath be kindled, but a little blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Nashkubar. He's the son. Who is that son? This is the Mashiach. God, son who came to redeem mankind. He paid the price at his first coming when he became 
the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb of God. He's going to come in his second coming, and at the end of the tribulation, he will judge this world. And he will ultimately will introduce the Messianic kingdom. And that's why he's appealing, kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you will, will perish from the way. But then he says, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. These passages are wonderful, beloved friend. Look at another a passage in Isaiah. Uh, uh, we read about the, the coming future kingdom where all the nations will come and, uh, and go into Jerusalem and will come to uh, celebrate the future day of the kingdom. Not what, notice what Ezekiel is saying also, and I'm going to read in Ezekiel uh, chapter 36 about that future day. We read in Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 24. For I will take you from among the heathen, and I will gather you out of all the countries, and I will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Will I cleanse you? God says to Israel, he's speaking to his people, to his earthly people. He said, a new heart will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and I will cause you to walk in my statute, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Verse uh, 28 says, And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I shall be your God. Here's God speak about the time of the dwelling of the nation of Israel back in the land, having a new heart and a spirit of God, as it says here in verse 26, a new spirit will I put within you, and God will take away the stony heart, and he will give Israel a heart of flesh, and Israel will be a re generated nation that will dwell in the land under the King Messiah in the future day. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statute, God is saying to the people of Israel. As we go along, I would like to read a couple more verses in Daniel uh, chapter 7 and verse 13. Uh, we read, listen to this, this is also so beautiful. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 13, we read uh, of Daniel interpreting the dreams and seeing the dream that the Lord is showing unto him. And Daniel said, And I saw in the night visions, <clears throat> and behold, one like the Son of Man. This is the word Ben Ha'adam. It's a Messianic title. Ben Ha'adam. This is often spoken about Yeshua, the Messiah, whom the, in the Gospels you read, Son of Man, Son of Man, Ben Ha'adam, Ben Ha'adam, help me, where he was walking among our people of old before he died and before he had gone back to heaven. One like unto the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven. This is the second coming of the Mashiach. And came unto the ancient of day, and they and they brought him near before him, 
And there was given unto him dominion and glory and kingdom that all people and nation and languages should serve him. His dominion is everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. This is the messianic kingdom. Malchut HaMashiach in a future day that will come when the Messiah will come at his second coming, my dear friend. This is beautiful. I have another, just another verse that I would like to share with you in the prophet Zechariah. This is actually directly connected with the Feast of Tabernacles and really speak about a future day when the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Sukkot, will be kept and celebrated by all the nations of the world in the future Messianic Kingdom. And look what we read. At the end of the prophecy of Zechariah, in the last verses really, we read in verse 16 of Zechariah chapter 14, And it shall come to pass, that every one that is left of all the nations which come against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king. The Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacle. You see, beloved friends, as we have learned together from the feast of or the day of atonement, the tribulation period will be a terrible time upon the face of this earth. And those that will remain at the end of the tribulation days, in the end of Tsarat Yaakov, Jacob's trouble, they will be the one that will enter into the Messianic kingdom. Israel restored back to the Lord, to the Messiah. The nations are now a redeemed nation. And they will come from year to year to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. As it says here in verse 16. They will come to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. It is amazing. It is amazing what we read here. And it says, those that will not come, it says in verse 17, And it so be that whosoever will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon him shall be no rain. The Messianic kingdom is not the eternal order. And therefore, even during the Messianic kingdom, the thousand years reign of the Messiah. The nations of the world will be here on earth, redeemed nations, but it's not yet going to be a perfect order because apparently those that will refuse to come, as we read here in this verse uh, uh, 17, those nations who will refuse to come to worship the King, the Messiah, in the city of Jerusalem, there will be discipline. There will be no rain upon them. And you notice what we read? In verse 20, I'm going to come down. It says, In that day there shall be upon the, upon, uh, uh, the bells of the horses holiness unto the Lord. And the pots, and, and the pots in the Lord's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. Yea, every pot in Jerusalem and in the Judea shall be holiness unto the Lord. 
And all they that sacrifice shall come and take of them, and seeth therein. And in that day there shall be no longer the Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. This is wonderful, beloved friend, an amazing age that is yet going to come uh, to pass. Now how and when the timing, we don't know, but it's very soon according to the program of God because we live in the last days of the church age and we also live in a time when Israel, the nation, began to be restored to the land. There is a Jewish, uh, there is a vast majority of our own Jewish people are already back in the land of Israel, waiting the day when there will be a regeneration of the nation, but Israel and the world will have to go through a sad time of the tribulation period. Now, just a couple of verses I would like to read from the Brit HaChadashah, from the New Testament, concerning the person of our Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. In Matthew chapter 2, we have a question that was raised by the wise men who came from the East. This wise man came, and he said, When Jesus, when Yeshua was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. And notice what they are asking. They are asking, where is he that was born? The king of the Jews, Melech HaYehudim. Where is he that was born? See, when the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, was born, he was born to be the king of Israel, the king of the Jews. It says in verse 5, they sent unto him in Bethlehem, in Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets. They quote him Micah, Micah, chapter 1 and 2 there. And thou Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come the, a governor that shall rule my people Israel. You know, beloved friends, when the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, when the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, was born, he was born to be the king of the Jews, the king of Israel. In verse 11 of this uh, uh, chapter 2, we read that the wise men found the, the child and they worshipped him. If he was merely a boy and not God the Son who became a man through the virgin Miriam, how could they worship him? They would be wrong in worshipping him because God had revealed to them that he is much more than just another normal man, you might say, a sinner. He was born to the Virgin Miriam. He was born to be the king of the Jews. You know, the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, when he taught his disciples in the early days to pray, in chapter 6, of the Gospel of Matthew, in verse 9, he says, After this manner pray, therefore, Our Father which which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. The early disciples who were from among the nation of Israel were taught to long and to pray for the kingdom of God to come. 
And Yeshua taught them to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, in heaven, things are in order because God is there. And God did not allow even the angels that fail, he cast them out of his immediate presence. Satan himself uh, uh, was cast out of his presence. So, my dear friends, as we conclude with this message, we just want to make sure that we all understand that God is one day going to send the Messiah, the Lord Yeshua Jesus, who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And as we read in the book of Revelation, in chapter 19, we do read about the Lord coming out of heaven, this same Yeshua who was once rejected at his first coming and became the Passover lamb. He's going to come again in the future day, and he's going to be that king of kings and lord of lords. We read in Revelation chapter 19. There we read concerning the coming of the Messiah, and we read there, And I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. He is coming at the second coming to reign. We read in verse 16 of Revelation chapter 19, And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, Melech HaMelachim ve'adon ha'adonim. King of kings and Lord of lords. What a day that will be when the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, will come again and will take his rightful place and establish a messianic kingdom. Israel is restored. The whole world is recognizing who he is. And so we pray as the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, taught his disciples in the Gospel of Matthew before his death, before his burial and resurrection, he taught his disciples to pray. What is a simple prayer? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Malchutcha Tavo. We long for the day when the Malchuta Elohim, with the kingdom of God, will come, and the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, will come and reign as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so here we go. Seven feasts. Seven Moadim in Leviticus chapter 23. Each one of these feasts speaks about the promises of God to the whole world, using the nation of Israel as a vessel, as a channel of blessing. That the Messiah will come to die for the sin of this world, because without bloodshed of the Holy One, the harmless One, the Messiah Himself, there is no hope for mankind. He had to die. And then, once He came, 
He's going to come the second time after he finished the work of redemption. He's going to come the second time in the future day. And he's going to reign supreme as king of kings and lord of lords. That's what we are longing for, my dear friends. Until that time, we live in this age called the assembly, the church, the ecclesia, the kehilah, where Jewish and Gentiles, believers in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, form the body of Messiah, the body of Christ. And we long for the day where it will come, uh, uh, the time when he will come and will restore this world back to himself. And this feast of Sukkot, the feast of Booth, represent the Messianic kingdom. One thousand years reign of the Mashiach, according to Revelation chapter 20. And there will be such a blessing upon the face of this world which uh, we long for the day, my dear friend, and a world in which we live in today with all the chaos, the problems, the issues that rise here in this world will come to an end. When the King Messiah, whose name is Yeshua, will reign supreme. Do you wait for that day? Do you know the Lord? Do you know Him? The Lord Jesus, the Lord Yeshua, as your personal Savior today. Because today is the day of salvation. Today is a day in which we can wait for the, we can have the, wait for the future, a kingdom that will come. But today we can become sons and daughters of the Abba, of the Father. When we turn our hearts to Him, to the Messiah, to the Lord Jesus. And our prayer is that you will come to know Him, whom to know is eternal life. Well, God bless you, my friend. We say, Shalom, Shalom. Mm-hmm.